3: Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of the Pack-A-Day Podcast, your one-stop shop for all talk from the green and gold. Mike Wendland here with Tyler Grizzogoric on this Saturday morning. And as you as you as you listen to this, Combine is just around the corner. That's gonna start on Tuesday, the twenty-sixth, from Indianapolis. Hundreds of along with coaching staffs. General manager, owners, everyone is going to be there. It's going to be the hub of football for the next week, and there's a lot going on. Obviously, we're going to be expect to hear a lot from Brian Gutekunst down there, along with Matt Lafleur for a little while as well. Russ Ball, all the a lot of the scouts will be there. So, Tyler, I'll go to you first. Is there anything you're looking forward to from a Packers perspective for the combine?
4: Well. I think last year we started to see the shift with Gutekunst and the type of player that the Packers were looking for. Um, And, you know, Ted Thompson was pretty privy to the same type of player as well, and that's just athletes. Uh, But I would like to see the Packers shift that dynamic to getting just football players. I think that this is a team... The Packers, that is, that needs a little bit more of that type of mentality. Just a guy who wants to play football and is good at playing football. It doesn't necessarily have to be the best athlete, but, you know, that's what the Packers will be looking for, and they traditionally have their thresholds uh, that they look for, which, after the Combine, I will be putting together a list of those types of players, and I'm pretty excited to see who falls within that list.
3: No, absolutely, There's a lot of interesting names at the combine this year, as long as some ones who aren't. Obviously, Jeffrey Simmons was not invited, but then bless Torres his ACL. Uh, Jalen Ferguson's invite was rescinded, along with a receiver Preston Williams of Colorado State. So the NFL kind of cracking down a bit more at the combine this year compared to years past as far as who actually gets the invite. There's also some names that I'm fascinated that aren't going to be there which we can talk about a little bit later. But as this, as this goes on, is there any certain players you want to look at for the Packers perspective to see what they will do at the combine starting Tuesday? Cuz I, I know you focus on a few positions, but are there any guys that you're really dialed in on?
4: You know, I I think this is a weird year for me. Uh, there's only a few players where I'm like, "Okay, I want to see their I want to see their three cone, I want to see their Ability to change direction, those types of drills. Uh, for the most part, I'm looking at measurements this year, and the height and the weight and the arm length, uh, specifically for Jonah Williams, Brian Burns, guys like that that have those questions. You know, typically a tackle, I, I, I have this number in my head uh, has 34 inch arms, and you can correct me if you think it's way off or whatever, but I. You know, I'm not sure where Jonah Williams is going to come in, but he's going to be a guy that everybody has their eyes on for that arm length measurement because there's been a lot of questions about it, and you can see it on tape. And it might not even ma- it might not even matter what his arms come in at, but I mean, this is just the kind of stuff that you're looking for is those little confirmations or, oh man, maybe I was wrong about him. Let me go back and watch him. Uh, little things like that is what you're looking for at the combine.
3: Absolutely, and it seems like every position has that certain measurement for quarterbacks and receivers. It's going to be their hand size for the lineman. It's their arm length. I know Brian Bulaga's arm length is part of why he dropped down as far as he did. So for Green Bay to grab him in 2010 for edge guys, it's going to be arm length as well. Uh, same with corners and things like that. So there's always those certain things. And I'm I'm going to be looking for personally, especially at receivers. I want to see the three cone. For them, because I want to, because Packers need a slot guy. They need that quick twitch, shifty little guy in the middle, like Randall Cobb was back when he was younger, and like like a Julian Edelman type. And there's a plenty of those. And if they can find one of those guys, and they can find a really good three cone time to go along with the first ten yards of the forty, I think that's gonna get that could really that offense uh, looking forward to what they could do in april
4: well and the thing about it, the combine is if you actually watch the combine you watch these drills they're not necessarily the most flashy or the most sexy drills but if you watch these drills you can usually get a pretty good idea of who is going to be able to move well in space and who is just a good athlete and you can see it in these drills the way that their hips open up and the way they can turn you know just their their flexibility in that area and their ability to change directions as I mentioned before and I've actually found great value in watching the drills and being able to identify who are going to be good football players and just to briefly toot my own horn a little bit and kind of validate what I'm saying I was watching last year and I had not heard of Marquez Valdez Scantling until the combine but I watched him perform at the combine and I was like oh wow that guy's gonna be a good NFL receiver I went back. I watched some of his tape, and I was like, "Oh, he's a burner. He can. He's going to burn people deep." And sure enough, he came into the uh, Packers, or he came into the NFL, got drafted by the Packers, and he's had a successful rookie campaign. So those are the types of things that you can look for uh, at the combine, and you can usually get a pretty good sense of who's a good athlete and who's not. Josh Jackson, on the on the other hand, we all know he had a terrible combine, and if you watch him, it's because of it was just because of the way that he. Was unable to open up his hip as open up his hips as I talked about, and it kind of shows in the, his lack of experience in the man coverage department. Um, you know, so just certain things that you're going to pick up on that will translate pretty well to the NFL game or not translate.
3: No, those are two good examples, and the other one that odd thing is is Orlando Brown from Oklahoma, the offensive lineman, who had arguably the worst combine in history. Last year, where he had a terrible forty, his bench numbers were bad, his agility numbers were really bad. But then he came in, and he's been
4: well. And I think offensive line is one of those few positions as
3: mm-hmm. a rookie, and so like it, there's there's those stories.
4: Um, yeah, sorry. I think that offensive line though is one of those few positions you can get away with something like that. And I personally had dropped Orlando Brown on my board after that incident, or not incident, but after that mishap at the combine, because I thought it showed a lack of preparedness. But Ultimately, I guess he just wasn't the best athlete. <laughs> but at offensive line, you can you can kind of mask that with uh, technique. And you know, there there are some drills that you can look for at the combine. They do this mirror drill, which I think is fantastic. They do this pull trap drill, which is fantastic. You know, just these those are the types of things you're going to look at for offensive line. Not necessarily all their other statistics. Obviously, you want them to be strong, but they can get stronger. Uh, speed whatever if they're slow put them inside if they're not if they're slow don't pull them you know if they're fast great that just adds a skill set to their to their repertoire but you know uh, those are those are the types of things that you have to be able to pick through as well
3: No, there's no doubt about that and and, we, and you've seen a year after year a good combine can absolutely skyrocket a guy's stock. In the Packers, just look at Jason Spriggs. He had a massive combine, and that shot him up to the fact that he ended up being traded up for by Ted Thompson in the second round. So far that hasn't panned out. We'll see what happens this year as well. But guys like Don Terry Paul, when he came into it with Kansas City, he rocketed up draft boards with how dominant he was at the combine. Obviously, Aaron Donald was a man among boys at the Senior Bowl and the combine and that kinda of cemented him as that first round pick and as we now know a t- uh, defensive player of the year and arguably the best all around football player in the NFL right now. So it kind of shows like you said with those drills and when you see guys who are th- really dominant in those drills, that goes a long way, especially in the trenches and at the pass rushing spot, as well as also some receivers. When you see a receiver can beat a quarterback clean in the combine, that can really help.
4: Yeah, completely. And you know, going back to Marcos Valdez Scantling, he was just he um as far as catching the ball, he was having some issues at the combine, but he was getting that separation, which is the one thing I was looking for. You know, as we've we've seen multiple times, you can correct a catching issue in the NFL. Obviously, it's not an ideal thing to to have at the receiver position. You want your guy to be able to catch the ball, but you can get away with it as a prospect and develop that you know throughout your time as long as it's not really really bad like we've seen some really bad guys who just you just can't even throw to them so they can't even you know, enhance that skill but the things you're looking for are the non coachable traits and that's why the combine is so important
3: absolutely and that even goes into the uh, off the field stuff cuz there's going to be a lot of the medical testing all all of the inter- interviews that teams are going to be conducting during these next few days there's a lot that goes on off the field with these guys and, and a lot of players sometimes weren't happy about it, especially some of the medical testing, because there's going to be a lot of prodding and poking and f- checking around, checking knees, checking shoulders, things like that. But this stuff is really matters when a team's making a draft pick, and, it, and these interviews could make or break a career. There's some guys who interviewed poorly, and it hurt them in their draft. It hurt them in their career in the NFL. And some of those guys washed out because they – weren't prepared or they didn't do a very good job talking with the with the GMs or front offices
4: yeah for a lot of these guys like the underclassmen um, some of the upperclassmen had the ability to talk to these teams at the senior bowl Um, but for most of these guys it's their first interview with these teams and it's their first interaction with these teams and you know you could think about it just like you and I would it's just a set of interviews to get a big job and every single interaction with these scouts or these executives from these teams is going to matter and it has in the past shown to be a critical part of the process it this is where a coach or a gm or a scout can fall in love with a player you know just their demeanor their attitude their mentality their personality all that kind of stuff this is where an executive can fall in love with a player and I I know that the Packers were looking at Jalen Jelks at the Senior Bowl. Apparently, they had a pretty good interview with him. I have yet to get around to his tape. Uh, you know, he wouldn't be more than a fifth round pick at the most. I think. You know, just kind of based off what I've seen from everybody else. I I have yet to give a formal a formal evaluation on him, but he's a guy that I would expect them to maybe interview again at the uh, combine if they were impressed at the senior bowl so I think Jalen Jelks is a name to keep an eye out for but obviously there's going to be so many names going around you know if if a coach so much looks into di- in the direction of a player he's going to be linked to him so you really got to be careful with what you're latching on to as well
3: as the NBA, and before we get to a couple players for to keep an eye on Tyler's the scenario you're hired by Brian Gutekunst to go to the combine and help conduct these interviews what is the first question you're going to ask any of these players
4: wow that stumped me (laughs) um you know I think my first thought was oh you know do you love football of course they're all going to say they love football but I think you're trying to get with, with these types of questions you're trying to probe a little bit because they don't have a lot of time with these guys And you're trying to probe a little bit and get as much information as you can. So, you know, just to keep it simple and maybe a little cliché, I I think you ask him something along the lines of, what are your three passions in life? And I think this is where you can really start to gauge where football is in their life, um, if it's important to them, (laughs) and also just who the person is in general, and you can it's an open-ended question and you can spark a conversation and anytime you can spark a conversation is when you can really, really start to learn people. So I I would just kind of ask them what their three passions were in life in its entirety. No,
3: I like that. The only thing I was thinking of asking would be asking them, do you view this as just a job? Is this something that you actually do? Would would you love to actually keep doing? Is this something that actually does have a big difference in your life or is this just a paycheck for you? I I think that's something that the differentiating really goes a long way because we've seen in the past players who view this as just a paycheck and it, they kind of flame out and they and they really fade once they get that guaranteed money, as we're seeing that in some cities in Pennsylvania right now. But so moving on, there's hundreds of players over there in Indianapolis right now. They're probably already there. They're getting tested, and obviously the on-field stuff will start on Tuesday. Uh, what's what are a couple of names that you want? You think Packers fans should really be watching if they're if they if they tune into the NFL Network over the next week?
4: Well, I'm going to be looking at Brian Burns. Uh, I'm going to be looking at his be- at his bench press. Uh, Jonah Williams, his arm length. Um, let's see here, who else? Dalton Reisner, his arm length. Some of his agility drills, I think, are going to be important. Uh, Ja'Kai Polite, I think, is going to blow it out of the water. TJ Hawkinson, I think, is going to have a good combine, not a great combine. If he has a great combine, TJ Hawkinson could go top ten. Uh, Ed Oliver is going to blow the combine out of the water, and he might cement himself as a top ten pick. There's been some discussion lately that he won't be a top ten pick. He'll be he could be a top fifteen pick. Uh, but I think I think he's going to blow him blow his combine out of the water and cement himself as a top ten pick. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep my eyes on. Uh, Nick Bosa I um I, I don't believe necessarily that teams aren't concerned about his injury I know that there's been reports that they haven't been concerned with the injury and his recovery and his time frame and all that kind of stuff but I I'm not sold on that and I, I that's a name I'm gonna keep an eye on as far as the medical and obviously if something ever comes of it it's gonna be big news but I'm gonna keep an eye on uh Nick Bosa on his medical uh as far as other names for the Packers to keep an eye on, Montez Sweat. If he has a good combine, he could project himself into the top 20. Let's see. Uh, I mean, do you have any names, Mike?
3: i surprised you haven't said Cody Ford yet. Yeah,
4: well, you know, I didn't say Cody Ford um, because he's going to test well. And I, I think deep down, I don't want him to, so he's available at 30. <laughs> so deep down, I don't want him to test well, but Cody Ford will test well. He'll be one of the better offensive linemen. At least I would... I would put my I would put my money on that. Uh, Cody Ford is the tackle from Oklahoma, my draft crush, so proclaimed this past week. So I I'm excited to see all these guys. You know the the more I get into this tackle class, that's the group that I'm currently watching. The more I get into this tackle class, the more and more I realize how good of a class it is. There are so many options, and the Packers picked a great year to need a tackle because they're going to have a good option. For the first two rounds there's gonna be a handful of guys that they could take and put in and play and even if they miss out in the second round there's there's pretty good upside projects in the third fourth and fifth rounds so I'm pretty excited for the Packers tackle prospects this year I don't think that they necessarily want to address the guard this year I think they could uh, maybe maybe kick one of these guys inside like Dalton Reisner but I'm not I'm not too sold on the guard group at this point I think there's it's pretty far and few between with those guys. Um, but I'm just I'm in love with the tackle class this year I think more so than I am with the defensive line class and I was pretty high in the defensive line class about a week ago
3: no I agree and and guys I want to look for at least an offensive line I want to see Titus Howard from Alabama State so I want I love seeing these small school guys there because they a chance for them to kind of prove themselves uh Taylor Taylor's another guy to keep an eye on I think for the tackle out of Florida because he's not he's right now he's rocketing up a lot of people's draft boards he's seen you know, potential top 10 guy
4: interesting to me juan taylor i feel like he could pay i could feel like he could test poorly i'm mean, to cut you off but i feel like he could test poorly i just have a gut feeling i could be very wrong my gut could be wrong but i think he's a name to keep an eye on for sure because if he does test poorly he could drop pretty significantly
3: i agree i also want to keep on uh your linemen better out there uh edwards Dieter, and benchall depending on how they test that could help them a lot because they're known as good football players and good linemen but if they don't test well that could drop them down into day three which makes things very very Moving on. As far as on the edge, uh, I want to keep an eye on Clellan Farrell's agility stuff because he's seen as kind of stiff and whether he's going to be a 4-3 end or a 3-4 linebacker makes things interesting. And if he kind of shows some stiffness and he doesn't do well in things like the 3 cone and doesn't show well in a lot of the mirror stuff, that could really drop his stock a little bit uh, maybe out of the top 10, out of the top 15. Other guys, guys like Sutton Smith who were uber productive in college, see what, what they can do. When they're no longer facing lower-level competition, stuff like that it makes me interesting. And also my main beef is uh, guys that weren't invited. Uh, we've seen over the years guys that weren't combine guys who ended up having big careers. And the kind of one that got me is a guy who exploded at the senior bowl, and that's Penny Hart, who is one of my draft crushes, wide receiver out of Georgia State. Because when you watch the some of the stuff that he's done, his numbers aren't going to wow you, but he played with some horrendous quarterback play during his tenure there. And watch the routes he ran at the senior bowl. He made some top-flight corners look absolutely s- silly. And he, he was breaking ankles. He was making guys look nuts. He made Andy Isabella seem like a mediocre receiver. We know Isabella is arguably one of the top slot guys in the draft. So when you look at some of those guys there, the guys who aren't invited at times are just as interesting as the guys who are going to be there.
4: Well, and, you know, you you talk about the guys who aren't going to be there. You know, Preston Smith and Jalen Ferguson are the two big ones. Jeffrey Simmons was a big one before he hurt himself. Uh, You know, the process only hurts the teams, Uh, at least that part of the process, and denying these guys access to the combine. It only hurts the NFL teams. Because they don't get to uncover who these guys are, you know, they don't get to discuss their possible red flags, you know, they don't get to they don't get to do their due diligence at the combine. If they get interested in these players, they have to go out of their way to go and do their research with them and interview them and test them and all that kind of stuff. So Jalen Ferguson and Preston Smith, Preston Smith is a guy who could be a, a pretty good day two pick. I don't think he's gonna be a day a first-round pick anymore. Uh, I think he had the talent to do so. He's got some questions in his game. But I think he'll be a day two, um, round two, round three pick. And Jalen Ferguson, I am not high on him at all. I know that we've talked about that. I just, I, uh, I don't get it. (laughs) <laughs> I see some of the skills but I just I don't think that there's enough of a complete package to get excited about him but you know it would have been worth some teams talking to him about the incident that happened 10 years ago or whatever it was no it was like 6 years ago but the point is it was relatively re- relatively not recent for him and the NFL is still denying him access to the combine and Preston Smith, that one made a little bit more sense. And Jeffrey Simmons made a little bit more sense. But it's all about the NFL picking and choosing their battles and probably picking pretty poorly.
3: Absolutely. And one last player to keep an eye on, because he's been linked to Green Bay quite a bit, is Hollywood Brown, Oklahoma, who is going to be there, but he's not going to be doing drills. So the medical with him could really big, especially for a smaller receiver. So keep an eye on Hollywood Brown's medicals over the course of the next few days as well.
4: You know, for Hollywood Brown, I couldn't, um, I couldn't, I couldn't find much information about the actual injury. I just know it's something in the leg, uh, and but from what I've seen, that type of injury has not necessarily boded well for those recovering from it. Um, and we'll see. I think he just had surgery, or is just about to have surgery, or something like that. So we'll see how if he even shows up at the combine, or if teams just kind of try to get him for his pro day or something.
3: Yeah, there's either way. There's a lot of. There's a lot of storylines, so if you have some time over the next few days, starting on Tuesday, tune into the NFL Network, go to the gym, see if it's there, do whatever, and see some of these guys out there. These are the f- the future of the NFL between the quarterbacks, the running backs, the pass rushers, everyone's going to all – they're all going to be there, and it's kind of really cool to see a lot of these guys in one setting all working together and doing these drills. It also gives you an insight on some of the coaching staffs as well as what they kind of like to do with their drills as well. So as we wrap things up – Pa- Packers offseason really ramps up starting on Tuesday, and also in just a few weeks, free agency will open up as well. There's a lot to break down, so stay tuned to the Pack Day podcast. Again, every day we're going to be here about 20 minutes, between 20 and 35 or so, depending on the topic and the personalities at hand. So to wrap things up, Tyler Grisickork, where can people find you? What are you working on?
4: Uh, as always, you can find me on Twitter at Tyler underscore Grez. And I'm still working on that that she said TV draft guide. Be sure to get that pre order and it's coming out. The link will be coming out in a couple weeks. Uh, be on the lookout for it. Uh, but I'm pretty draft heavy right now. Um, I mean, I'll jump on Twitter and talk about free agency a little bit. Uh, which has also been a fun topic of discussion because the Packers just have so many options this year, uh, both in free agency and the draft. So it's been a pretty good offseason this far, but I'm only working on the draft guide right now.
3: All right, and you can find me on Twitter at Mike Wendland, all one word. I'm not doing a ton of writing right now just because with my job, high school playoff basketball is really ramping up to the point where we're recording this very, very early on a Friday morning because I have to drive up about two and a half hours north of where I live now just to do a high school basketball game later on this evening. So it's kind of crazy right now. It'll be my fourth out of game out of five days, and I'll do more next week as well. But once that kind of slows down, I'll be getting back into doing a lot of draft stuff, a lot of uh, stuff with other sports that I write for for Dairyland Express as well. And, of course, stay tuned for Jacob and Zach tomorrow as they bring you more coverage from the Pack of Day podcast. So until next time, for Tyler, this is Mike saying so long. We'll talk to you next time on the Pack of Day podcast. Go Pack Go!
2: the 16 of New York. First down, goal to go. Rogers in the shotgun, Williams to his left, here's the snap. Rogers clean pocket, throws the middle of the end zone, and a dagger! They beat Morris Playboy to the back line of the end zone, the Packers have loaded. Snap to Wild. Oh, yes, and taken by Jackson in the end zone for a touchdown! Geronimo and what's brought Allison. by Geronimo Allison! Josh Jackson, the rookie, recovers in the end zone in a land ball leap to the north end zone stands. The Packers have a 6-0 lead! Beppard on third down of three in the shotgun. Packer showing a blitz, and here they come. Beppard looking. as he throws it deep down the right sideline. And interception. Interception, interception on the Spectacular interception by Kevin King at the nine yard line of Green Bay. 6'5 of his frame, tumbled out of bounds, inside the 30 of the 28 yard line. Hunter Bradley the snap, J.K. Scott down on one knee, arm extended. Here it is, placement made, kick is up. It is good! It is good! Yes, yes. yes. and me, Delivers the dagger! One week after his worst day ever, he delivers the dagger tonight! Third and five, 13 yard line of Atlanta snap, Ryan, looks like right, close right there, intercepted, to the house, the shot, touchdown, Green Bay Packers, 19-yard interception return, and it's 16-7, Packers. And Rodgers looks it over, takes the snap, blitz on, they pick it up, loss, they, the they, they got it, they got him! The touchdown, 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 Green Packers, 40 yards! Right. Single back offense behind Aaron Rodgers, he ducks it under center. From the 29 in Green Bay, and here's the handoff Off the Camille. Big home, straight ahead, it is Aaron Jones, up to the races, to the 20, to the 15, to the 10, down the up sideline, and he's out of bounds! Inside the 10 of the 5-yard line of Miami, Aaron Jones with a first 67 yards!